0: The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, Diesel Conversion Month, man, it's been going good. Dude, it's been a lot of fun. It really has. Uh, We've been doing the Facebook Live, guys, so if you're just listening to the audio, also you can check out. We do a quick three to five minutes uh, before each episode now. Those are published on our Facebook page. Uh, you can check them out. It's Chris and I talking.
1: Yeah. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> you get a chance to see us and uh, kind of kill in a few minutes before we get yeah. started on each week's interview. Give you a heads up of what to expect uh, since there's no other way to know what's coming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah.
0: Rate and review. That's rate where you were going review. with us, Chris. Rate rate and review, I told folks. you, Paul,
1: when you talk, I shut down. I wasn't paying <laughs> attention here. Uh, but yeah, go on our you know YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, whatever, rate, review, like, please, guys. We greatly, greatly appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of YouTube, we got our 85 Scottsdale ride-along. Chris and I took the truck sure. out for a bit of a beat lap out in the country. You can actually get to see our reactions to driving it. Uh, Get to see some mishaps with it and everything, so that's definitely a good video. It's pretty short. It's like eight, nine minutes long. Uh, Jump on YouTube, search Diesel Performance Podcast. You'll be
1: able to find that. And our beautiful faces. Our beautiful faces. Nonetheless.
0: Right. Are there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rich is uh, mimicking my fat face. Thanks, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, a little story I just wanted to bring up, you know, kind of diving into this, so... You know, it's very controversial these days to talk about emissions equipment and talk about bulletproofing your truck and what to do, what not to do, that type of thing. So I had a gentleman, don't want to mention any names, but he came to us uh, at the beginning of the week, came in around 4.30, you know, we we shut down at five and he, uh, he had a 13 LML truck just went out of warranty, and he said, you know, uh, I want to I bulletproof the truck. I want to delete all the emissions. I don't want there to be any burdens on my truck. You know, uh, what can you offer me? Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know what, just hold on. You know, let, let's talk. What experience do you have? Have you had other trucks? Well, he came from a 7.3 Stroke old body style, yeah. into a 13 LML. Like, <laughs> dude, come on. Talk about apples and oranges, right? So he's like, you know, telling me about his boss. He had a 12 LML, CP4 failure, plague, things like that. So, you know, we're going back and forth. Yada yada yada, and I'm like, well, have you had any issues with your emissions equipment? He's like, no. He's like, I'm tired of filling my DEF with, uh, he said, cow piss was right. his terminology, and I said, yeah, you know, I was like, do you complain about oil changes or you know, changing your coolant, you know, from time to time, you know, do you, do you complain about that? He's like, well, well, no, and I was like, well, if it hasn't given you any issues and it hasn't left you stranded yet, why eliminate it? You know, if you're looking for better drivability, you're looking for some better, you know, efficiency out of the truck, we can offer you something. Now, guys, I'm not pushing this on anyone. I'm not emissions on versus emissions off. It's not for everyone. Sure. Certain uh, circumstances are going to restrict you or give you the ability to make your own decisions. But he kept going back and forth saying just bulletproof, bulletproof. Well, LMLs, you know, there's some controversy with the CP4s. And I was like, well, if you're going to bulletproof the truck, what are you going to delete the you know the fuel injection system too? I mean, let's just be realistic. Like, you know, moving parts. The water pump. You going to eliminate the turbocharger? Like, what's next?
0: I love I love the equation here that bulletproof equals delete. That right. somehow if you delete it, you're never going to have a problem, or that that deleting it, that's all of the problems.
1: Well, that's it's, it. it's funny thing like it's now. funny thing like what Sean, you know, from last week's episode, he's like, yeah, bulletproofing a six oh, you you delete it and put a Cummins in it. You know, it's like <laughs> I get that I get the idea behind it, but. You know, I I left him with do some more research. You know, as time progresses, the industry is evolving. There is other options out there. You don't just have to remove it. And he was talking about, you know, trading in the truck in a couple of years. I mean, there was a lot more to this backstory. So do your homework, guys. Don't just call a shop and go off of a first recommendation. Get a little bit more understanding and a little bit more. Uh, knowledge, you know, behind, you know, the, the choice you make.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it a ton on the podcast, you know, just because the guy got or a bunch of guys got on the internet and wrote about their failures yeah. doesn't mean all these trucks have no, these failures. I mean, and there's a lot of things you can do preemptively to prevent these failures. Good maintenance, understanding how the emissions equipment works, lift pumps, things like this really do make a dramatic difference in the reliability of your truck. As well as, like you said, understanding how it works. Do some research.
1: Right. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, when this day and age, you know, Facebook's a huge, you know, tool. Uh, you can go on some of, the, some of the groups. And there's a couple thousand, you know, people that are on that page. Not everyone has an LML on LML Brethren, for instance. <laughs> and you get these guys, you know, with these posts and there are 200 comments about all their failures. Those are 200 to 300 guys with LMLs. All right. GM has produced thousands of LMLs. Yeah. Thousands not hundreds Uh, not teens and
0: it's all the guys who go go on are the guys who go on to talk about the problems they've had the guy who's never had an issue with his cp4 and has run a lift pump and run emissions equipment and he's used the truck properly and he knows how to use it he's not on the forum writing about that because exactly he's using the truck exactly
1: it's doing what its intended purpose was what it was designed for so you know like i said guys just out of this, you know, little story, do some research, get a little bit more knowledge before investing your hard-earned dollars into your truck.
0: Great place to do that, dieseltunersblog.com, Duramax Tuner YouTube channel, Diesel Performance Podcast, all great resources to learn more about your LML and your emissions equipment.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I I stayed a little late that day, you know, we kind of followed through with, you know, the questions that he had and he left here around 545 that day and, uh, Basically, do some more research. I handed him a card, told him to you know do a little bit more, understand a little bit more.
0: Bullshit! You stayed late to help
1: somebody. Hey guys, I don't stay past five oh one. I am pissed. Okay, I do not stay late. I make it very clear. But I stayed till a quarter to six. Believe it or not, Paul. Whew. Yeah,
0: putting in the
1: overtime. I was not able to make it to the bank to pay my car payment, so that might be repoed. That's Thanks, gone. BCU. No, she I'm just gone. kidding. No. <laughs>
0: They're on that one-day policy, one day late and they own it. Um, Chris, we did also get some really great feedback this week from Facebook. Guys, please keep the messages coming in. I know it's um, right now probably about a two-day turnaround time to get back to you guys on the Facebook messages, but I really am trying as hard as we can. Uh, This week, I wanted to bring up one we got from Jacob Feldman. Uh, I said, first off, let me say I'm a huge fan of the podcast and listen every day at work. That means he's re-listening to episodes because mm-hmm. we only have like one hundred and forty five hundred and fifty now.
1: It's three hundred sixty five days in a year, so. right?
0: <laughs> he he's putting that time yeah. in. Thank you, Jacob. Thank we you. appreciate that. Um, he says, "I'm waiting to finally drive, dive into a Duramax and need a little input from the pros." We'll try to find some for you.
1: Hey, we uh, have <laughs> one here today. <laughs> Later in the show,
0: um, he said he, he and he did. He sent me a message about a truck that he's looking at. Um, it's 1,100 miles away from him. The guys want 13.5. It's an O2 02 LB7 two wheel drive long bed with 280,000 miles. The first two sentences of the post include the exact quote injectors done 100,000 miles ago. No proof.
1: Didn't we do a podcast on our ten thousand dollar budget about yes. this exact yes. thing?
0: So I, I replied very nicely to Jacob and let him okay. know I would pass on this very quickly. Uh this is not a, a looker. This is not a go check it out. It's thirteen five, which to me is already the high end of an LB seven.
1: I mean but it's two wheel drive and it's it, a long bed. So is this a four door long, a cabin half it, long? It is
0: a four door long, I believe.
1: Jacob, use Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on man, you gotta find one
0: closer than eleven 1, hundred miles away. It was is it seriously, yeah. So so that's a hard pass on that one. Yep. Um One of my biggest things would be injectors in that. So whenever we're talking about LB7s, the the first thing we want to go look at is make sure that the upper radiator hose isn't hard as a rock. That's an easy way to spot if you have a bad head gasket, uh, building pressure in the, the system there. You want to look underneath the truck and see if there's any obvious fluid pouring out. Right. Believe it or not, that's fairly common. Um, not in a good way. See if you got way.
1: the mosquito fogger mod out the tailpipe that's with right. the injectors. Fire it up. I mean, and you want to look at the back. Anyone of the tailpipe. that knows anything about LB7s, if the injectors were done 100,000 miles ago, they need to be done again, no matter what. They're like, ready for them. <laughs> I don't care who you are, what injectors you have, you're you're right there. So yeah, exactly a thirteen thousand yeah. dollar truck. Let's say you negotiate eleven thousand. You're putting another three four grand in injectors and a pump and a couple other little things. Hit. At minimum. At,
0: they're right, at least. That's assuming your water pump's good and everything else, the so now, trans is solid. So they're talking
1: rest. a $15,000 two wheel drive truck, that's right. stock. Right.
0: Yeah. At, so, so hard pass on that one. If you did end up with that truck or if you're the current owner of this truck, sorry. you may want to consider yourself some Exergy Sportsman Injectors. Now, Exergy is one of the uh, awesome sponsors of the Diesel Performance Podcast. They do offer a great line of stock replacement injectors. Now, these are meant towards somebody who's just looking for that first grade. Upgrade, right? That first step. First step.
1: First step upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was a first grade, I wasn't driving trucks.
0: Weak ass. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's your level one upgrade. They they have a really tight tolerance on them, so you know that you're going to get a high quality product. We've talked a ton about XRG. They're all we use here. They're all we use in our personal trucks, they're all we use in our shop trucks, our customer trucks. Um they they really do start and end the 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 discussion about quality oh 100 percent and when we're talking about lb7 injectors one of the big deals out there is the vco updated nozzles mm-hmm. uh, the original style nozzles not as reliable as the vco updates is like well, the most basic they're way still of a vco
1: it. nozzle but they right. are updated you know in the bodies of course so there is there's a little bit more there to allow your truck to not have injectors fail if you have good quality fuel at a you know keep it living
0: Absolutely. So, Sportsman Injectors from Exergy, available for your 01 to 16 Duramax and your 03 to 12 Cummins. Yeah. Um, definitely give us a call if you guys want to talk more about that. We can answer any questions you have on Exergy uh, products, but the Sportsman Injectors are the big line that uh, I probably deal with the most yeah. with my customers.
1: Most of the time when guys are looking at injectors, they might already have or they're in the market for maybe like an upgraded bridge or intake. Um, so, I wanted to say... Uh, Give a special thanks to our other sponsor, uh, Whirly, custom fab, WC Fab, Um, you know, for your 11 to 16 Duramax, they offer intakes and bundle packages uh, for uh, higher flow, uh, increased turbo spool up, uh, throttle response due to added efficiency, Um, see a little bit of a drop in exhaust gas temperatures due to the engine not having to fight as hard to pump air into the motor, therefore easier, uh, allowing the gases to expel. uh, the high flow, it's going to be a three-inch intercooler pipe, Y-bridge, um, and then they have that upgraded from the factory two and a half inch. You um, know, the
0: little caveat on these packages, I think, Chris, is you can pick out of the huge array of colors that they have. So 75-plus custom colors to choose from. I'm
1: pretty sure – I mean, we can get into this a little bit more a little later in the show, but I'm pretty sure there's thousands. Right, right. And you that's, know, like that's it's not hundreds. <laughs> like if you tell someone there's a hundred colors, you're – you're not giving them the benefit, you know, the what they're capable of offering. And
0: that is what's You're really doing cool about service. it is, is you get this chance to customize your engine bay, yep. have something that – you know you love the way the outside of your truck looks, yep. you love the way the inside of your truck looks. Why wouldn't you want to pop the hood and love the way the engine bay looks? Well,
1: and improve reliability. I mean, you have the factory boots, right? right. You know, and, and when you turn up the truck, maybe you're doing a turbo kit, whatever the case may be, you need to go something that's a little bit more stout to handle that abuse. So, they offer their uh, heavy-duty high silicone, uh, high-quality silicone boots. Um, and like you said, man, the color choices are endless. All right. Endless.
0: And again, when we talk about vendors here, we talk about high-quality high-performance vendors, guys who we know can build a reliable part. Speaking of the guy who actually builds those fucking reliable parts. I want to just say one
1: more thing before we get into that. We also like to deal with shops that if you have a problem or a question, they are a phone call away and they're willing to support the product. Absolutely. And both Exergy and WC Fab offer that. I have to call for support sometimes and they are a phone call away.
0: And the, at the end of today's episode, we're going to give out the private cell phone number of Ryan Worley, who's sitting <laughs> in the <laughs> office for all of your assistance. Yeah, we'll about that one. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for joining us Yeah, today. it's great being here, guys. We're really excited to have you, and Ryan's got a really badass C10 Duramax conversion truck. Um, we were in a scramble. We had to have somebody, and we thought... Why not somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking yeah, about? Right down the road, too. Right, not beat yeah. it. I
1: mean, But you did it yourself, too. Like, that's everything here. You know? It, it I mean, is. You, from start to finish.
2: So. Yeah. Well, I, we had the facility and the knowledge to do it, so why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else do you need?
0: Yeah, time and resources. Yeah. When you got it, you got it. Uh, Ryan, before we dive in too far, start off all the guests.
2: Uh, just tell me a little bit about how you got started in diesel performance. Ooh, That was, that was way back. Probably... 06 or 07, there's a couple of guys back in the hometown, older than me, a couple of years that had some, you know, hopped up 12 valves and oh one, oh two 02 Duramaxes. And like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then Jason ended up buying one in oh six and 07. It just all started from there and started working on his. And then I got my, I got a Dodge shortly after that and just smart man turned into what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just never, ever stopped. It just stopped. never stopped. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Tell me about the first truck, man. What'd you buy? It was a uh, four-door long bed, 06 dodge uh g56 trans so it was chris put your chubby away
1: <laughs> um
2: <laughs> <flipped up. laughs> nothing crazy special but did you do anything to it did it stay um, pretty well stopped? it took it took a little while you know I, back then i wasn't making much money and i was working construction and that's you know eight months out of the year so it, it took a while to get it built but um we ended up with 750 or 60 horse on it for quite a while i pulled it uh pretty regular for stock class in the local club isp and uh just kept going from there. Cool.
0: I love it. I love it. Great starts, man. Great starts with he it.
1: He also had a first
0: gen. I want to bring yeah. up. that was <laughs> yeah, a bad I a first Gen.
2: <laughs> I actually traded the black truck for that and some cash. <laughs> I think it was a nice ride. Why'd you go to the first gen? Um, well, I was looking to sell. That was. I kind of got tired of the Dodge, the, uh, the black '06 Dodge I had, and I wanted to build something. So uh, I found a guy that had uh, had some cash and had the first gen on the side. I'm like, well, I'll take take the money and the truck and. And then I had the money to start my new project with. Nice. So I drove that first gen for about a year and a half, actually. <laughs> Where'd you take it to? What'd you do with that? With the uh, first gen? Yeah. Nothing. I just drove it. You and just drove it. Didn't do anything to it. Yep. D- Why?
1: <laughs> it's not a bad looking truck either. I no, mean, it, it was, it was a nice the truck. body was in nice shape.
2: Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, it was primer gray, but it was, wasn't rotted out at least. Hey, she was All a right. looker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I looked every time I was there, so. <laughs> All
2: right, Ryan, give us a quick rundown. What do you actually do over at w c fab? um well, it started out when it was just me and Jason and another guy or two. Um, we kind of wrenched on stuff, you know, built motors, did head gaskets, and then built turbo kits and you know Y bridges and whatever else had to come through the shop, pulling trucks back in the day, you know, talking six, seven years ago and as the company evolved and as the, the demand for parts arose, you know, we brought more people in, and I kind of turned into managing the guys um to build the parts you know we had the design and we had we knew what fit we knew what we had to build and i would show you know give them the simpler parts to build and go through it that way okay so you actually run the fabrication yeah so i'm pretty much managing the managing i got a great group of guys that work underneath me that uh, i manage and we crank out everything so
1: cool that's awesome. It's it crazy is. to see the growth over at Whirly, by the way. Going back from you know five years ago till now, it's yeah. it's not the same shop. And granted, it's a different building now. But mm. even at your old building, it wasn't the same shop within a couple of years. No, yeah, we we the kept is crazy. We
2: kept getting more units rented out next to us. <laughs> and next to us. And, you know, we had three units stacked up, and you had to go through hallways to get yep, to them. And yep. yeah, it definitely uh, took off in a hurry.
0: <laughs> it's, it's always crazy to me when I go there too, because it's. It's spread out, but everybody's working on something yep. that looks like a crazy project. Yep, like there's yep. trucks pulled in next to the fab area. There's trucks over in the bay. There's guys in the fab area welding on shit and cutting. shit. Yeah, there's shit. always
2: always something going on. It's nonstop. It looks like <laughs> controlled chaos.
1: If you go there now, like their new shop, it's like the biggest assembly line. Like mm-hmm. fab yep. shop, powder coat shop, you know, ship shipping. Like it is crazy over there. Yeah, a lot,
2: a lot of stuff coming through the doors, <laughs> going out the doors too.
0: <laughs> well, Ryan, we had you on today to tell us a little bit about your C. It's a really nasty swap. We've been in love with this thing since we first saw it roll up here on the dyno, and I think we even spotted it before that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, give our listeners a rundown of the truck. What is it, and what do we got going on?
2: So I started out with a 1970 Chevy C10. Um, the truck came from North Carolina, and uh, I bought it from a second or third order in Chicago that I had it for like six months, was going to do a you know some other kind of gas motor swap in it. And, ended up losing interest in the project or ran out of money and uh put it on craigslist and i found it so i swooped it up right away because at that point i'd had the uh, money from my black truck that i had sold i was kind of sitting on waiting to find the right truck to do this conversion with so picked that up and then i had a uh, 06 regular cab two-wheel drive that i had had for a couple weeks prior to that and uh just started tearing into them putting one (laughs) into the other (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) That's the best way to describe it, a swap. I just started tearing into them. <laughs> I love it. I had, I had a pretty good idea what I wanted to do. I had a couple, of, you know, basic, like the, I knew I wanted the Dana 60 in the front. I wanted to do a, you know, some kind of turbo kit, but other than that, I had no idea what I was going to end up with. <laughs> <laughs> why why the 70 C10? Um, You know, my uncle had one when I was a kid growing up, and I always loved it, and it just always... It was always something I always thought I would want to have someday, and I grew up driving. My dad had a 79, and I had a couple, you know, square-body 80s growing up in high school, and out of high school I had, you know, a couple other ones, and I just always liked the older yeah. rounded fenders, you know. It
1: has a really, it has really nice aesthetics to
2: it. Yeah. You know, the yep, body lines, yep.
1: it, it Everything that's been done to the truck, if you haven't seen it in person or haven't seen a video, everything flows or pictures, it flows very, very well
2: yep, together. Yep.
0: You know, I think one of the funny things is everybody we talk to who does a swap starts with this, like, we always ask him, like, why that truck? Why do you want to swap? Like, why do you want a diesel in this, you know, this body, yeah. right? And it's always like, well, I, I don't know, I just like it. <laughs> I just like, there is, there, there's a certain amount of impracticality, you know, to this type of a build. Um, but as you started to do it, I'm sure you started to cross some of the practical challenges, like, what the fuck do you do with the chassis? So I take it this is like
2: most swaps, we put the C10 onto the 06. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's ever seen an old 1970 frame, whether it's even, <laughs> even if it's a three-quarter ton or one ton, if you can find one, they're not, there's not much to them. And I knew I was going to have some, some decent power and I wanted to do, you know, some drag racing with it, not really a truck pulling, but I wanted to have a solid chassis under that body. So I ended up going with the, you know, the newer Duramax platform and I knew I didn't want to have the LOI or the uh, LB7 or a five-speed trans even for that matter. So I, Knew I wanted at least to have an LBZ chassis to start with, so that's where everything came apart as far as that was going.
1: I just want to ask so, you know, I know you guys are Duramax specialists over there, you know, with all the fabbing you do. You guys do Cummins stuff also, um, but your roots were Cummins. Why didn't you just put a Cummins in it?
2: Well, that would have been too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, huh? that just takes a couple of wires and you yeah, get them running, right. so. Absolutely. I mean, we know the Duramax inside and out, and it was definitely it was a challenge, but it's a challenge that, you know, everybody that was part of the build was up for and i was up for and
1: well, i mean you pop the hood and you see what's underneath i mean everything is very uniform yeah. there, to say the yep. least it's, yep. it's
0: very pretty absolutely well speaking of pretty uh it's got a pretty crazy turbo setup on it from what i remember so <laughs> yep. walk me through it. what do we have on there
2: so we've got a 64 and a billet s300 in the valley and then we've got a same thing an fmw billet 80 atmosphere charger and when we did it we was kind of we built the kit probably two two years ago. The truck wasn't even done yet, and I built that turbo kit. And Jason's like, oh, let's do something crazy with it. So we we were kind of looking at things, and let's, let's see what's, you know, short, you get a shorter hot pipe in this thing and maybe, like, twist this charger and see if it makes a difference in some way or another. And so we ended up taking that atmosphere or that valley charge and twist it at 90 degrees. So we had a really short hot pipe, so we were thinking, you know, it's going to light up real fast, drive really nice. So we kind of based it all around that and made it fit under the hood. And then I had a lot of clearance issues because the hood – um, is a lot closer to the motor versus like what a Duramax would be. There's only like two inches above the alternator. So we had to kind of tuck it down and make everything fit under <laughs> that hood. <laughs> and it is, I mean, the body is all original. Yeah. Correct? Yep. There's well, no... it, it uh, we, we did floor pans and rockers and cap corners. And I, When I say we, I, did, I didn't do it. I had a body shop do it. Okay. Um, but other than that, the paint is the way it was, you know, when it came off the assembly doesn't. line it hasn't been painted it hasn't been touched as far as everybody i've talked to knows so. it, it is
0: this beautiful patina that's over the truck that we're starting to see now in this like nostalgic car class you know mm-hmm. we're like guys mm-hmm. are like no don't go put 15 grand into a paint yep. job just just shellac it basically yeah like, exactly like, just reserve <laughs> this exact amount of patina don't let it rust anymore don't
2: let it not rust anymore it is It is an eye-catcher, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was kind of one of those things. Everybody, when we first started, it's like, oh, are you going to paint it? What are you going to do with the body? It's like, well, I, it's kind of growing on me. Mean, <laughs> if I paint it, it's just going to blend in with all the other, you know, yep. old, nicely painted old trucks, you know, that are floating around. It's... Not gonna get a second look. So hey, you know
1: what? And, and teal, you know teal is one of my favorite colors. And rust, brown, teal, and brown go hand in hand together. <laughs> they do. They do. Seriously, look it good. is a good looking truck.
2: It is. Like, you yeah, know, I is. got I got lucky when I found that. I'm like, this is the one. I'm going right now. <laughs> minute I saw like, sorry Jay, I'm leaving. I'm out.
0: I gotta go buy this truck. This is important. Mm. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, so we got a nasty twin kit under it. We got a an S
2: it was a 364 and a half? Yeah, 364 and a half come out of a HTT charger. Okay. So a billet 64 and a half over a billet 80. Gotcha. So nothing too crazy. I mean, the Dodge I had, it was like 760 and it was, you know, a 7,500 pound truck and I had a riot in it. And I, (laughs) so I knew that 750 horse or, you know, somewhere in that range would be a lot of fun on a short wheelbase, 6,000 pound pickup truck. Now that's what do that's what I was shooting for.
1: Now, what do you have as far as, like, fuel system on that goes to support the, the We fuel? got
2: uh, some 60-over extra Gs and 10-mil pump. Damn. Oh, you are pretty conservative then, huh? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I wasn't—initially, uh, we weren't going to do a full motor build. We were just going to do, you know, head gaskets and just basic shit, maybe some—well, we ended up putting some D-Lipped LP7 pistons in it the first round. And I didn't want to push it. I didn't want to go into having a built motor and the money and rods and pistons right. and— Everything else that goes along with that. So we, we're trying to keep it conservative. And If I wanted to, later on, I had a turbo kit that would, you know. Support more. Support more. Right. So and we yeah. actually we pulled the pump out of the valley and put it up on top just kind of just to make it look nice. Cool. Okay. So,
1: now. I guess, it has
2: gone to a built motor. Is well, this what we're dancing say, around? Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. now a built motor. It is so now. Now it's a built motor, yeah. So we had some trouble last fall with it, and we ended up pulling it apart, and we put some rods and some pistons in it. So we got some Carrillo rods and Molly uh, yeah, Molly Pistons in it. So
1: what ended up happening to the old motor?
2: We had some short rods. Ooh, yeah,
1: too all many, the boost,
2: too many hot passes at the yeah, track. Yeah, well, it's, see, it was kind of funny. It, it started. I would start up in the morning and like it's, it just kind of started smoking more and more and more. It just just kept getting worse and getting worse. And like it was like a month. I just kept driving it and <laughs> I actually had it up here. I dropped it off at uh, a Monday and Dan or not. Da- uh, Bob was tuning it all week. I picked it up Friday, drove it home, and then it popped a rod Saturday morning, driving to work at, like, 20 miles an hour. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) They do sometimes just seem to, like, take that wear and take that wear, and then they just go. I mean, yeah. Shit happens. Shit happens, right? (laughs) That's it. That's what this game is. Yep. Um, All right. Now, one of the tough spots I know on the Scottsdale, on the Apache, uh, most of the swaps out there is wiring because we come down to this thing to where – Okay, let's say you get the engine harness and the ignition hooked up. Great. It starts, it drives, but you have no dashboard and you have no monitoring system. And, you know, there's this whole
2: question of how the fuck do
0: you get electronics to work in a 1970 (laughs) Chevy with an old... An O six under it, yeah. So
2: I kind of I kept it simple as far as the dash goes. Last year, um, it's it's changed since then. But last year I kept all the factory O six wiring. I put it under the dash of the nineteen seventy. I had the dash out of the O six in the seventy. You know, it still had two hundred eighty thousand miles on it and whatnot. But uh, all the wiring on the outside, I totally gutted the whole harness, shortened everything, lengthened what I needed to, and I put some real nice like twist lock connectors in place of the bail connectors um move the fuse box around move the ecm and, and tcm around and just cleaned up the wiring harness all together so there's no extra wires nice. you know it's super clean under there but i've since gone um i got a buddy down at autometer in sycamore um dustin who hooked me up with a set of gauges so i got uh, a gps speedometer, attack you know oh wow six six gauges six gauge back um mm-hmm. so i've got rid of all the factory wiring that was under that dash from the 06 so it's all rewired that we did ourselves put a little fuse box <laughs> in there new gauges and whatnot so
0: how much of a pain in the ass was
2: that i spent probably six weeks this spring oh, rewired rewire yeah
1: <laughs> there you go guys yeah. <laughs> how long does the conversion take Well, wiring was six weeks <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah right got it running in two days yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right six weeks yeah like we the like auto meter, they make a a bezel to hold all their gauges and whatnot, but it's designed for the 1970 steering column. Well, I have the 06 steering column in it, which is bigger and wider right. and taller. So it's like, well, we don't have a bezel that's going to fit all these gauges in that dash. So I actually had to spend like spend 16 hours on a manual knee mill machining my own uh, <laughs> dash, dash plate to hold all these gauges. Oh my God. Yeah. So it turned, out, it turned dedication. out really nice though. Yeah. Dedication. I take
1: it you don't have any kids? No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Explains a lot. <laughs> No oh, kids and man. a lot of toys. Lot that of sounds
0: toys. right. That you goes hand in hand, right? He knows how to live life. That's all I can <laughs> say. <laughs> all right. Um, we've talked a little bit about the condition the C10 was
2: in when you got it. What type of condition was this Duramax in when you first it? Got was it? actually a really nice truck. I bought it, like, on a Wednesday or something. I actually had a boat trip, and my, I hooked up to the ski boat, and I pulled it, like, four hours south. And and it was, like, a day after I'd had it, and it, it was flawless. Nothing wrong with it. It had 285,000 miles on it, two-wheel drive truck, just like top, that's smart. Too. I don't think it, it might have had a tune in it, but I don't think there's anything else done to it. I, I would remember, assume a two hundred eighty
1: thousand mile LBZ two wheel drive. I mean, you you didn't go and spend top dollar on two vehicles that you were going to turn into one. No, you know? huh? so I had you
2: did it strategically. Like eighty five hundred bucks, I want to say, I paid for that truck. That's awesome. Oh, that was a score. Yeah, and I paid twenty two hundred for the. C-10. And that, then was, it was, that was a roller. There was a chassis and a, and a body. There was no motor. Or anything and then either. a two-wheel
1: right. drive. You knew you were going to do a, a straight after. Yeah, conversion. and I knew like, I wanted That's the, ideal, too. Exactly. You
2: know? Yeah, it's like I didn't need anything that comes with a four-wheel drive right. Duramax. You know? <laughs> Cut it all off the way <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, what kind of obstacles did you hit along the way? What were some of the hard parts beyond the
2: white wiring nightmare? Yeah, that's a hard question. There was a lot of little things that we came across. Um, Throughout the two years that I spent working on it, um, I guess the first real obstacle I had was once I set the bed on the frame and then lined the cab up with the body lines. You could like see through between the rocker panels and the top of the frame rail. Yep, because there's <laughs> the, there's such a big dip in the Duramax frame whereas the old C10 frames are fairly flat. So there was some messing around to get that to work. We you know cut cut the bed floor out and reframed it and lowered it down and got rid of that gap. And other than that, I mean, it was just just a lot of looking at shit and doing stuff twice and well, that's not gonna work <laughs> just <at> twice all. <laughs> well eh, i do this for a living too, right though, right, so. right right
1: all right 10 times for me twice <laughs> yeah. for you i get yeah, it that's i get fair. it that's <laughs>
2: fair. everything takes twice as long as you think it will but yeah, that's usually how you know people
1: yeah. when they talk about builds and even not a conversion just a built motor built trans or even a turbo kit you know it's give a timeline give a dollar amount it's
2: double on both yep exactly. know, oh, yeah. with it. easily easily yeah, i figured i'd I had twenty grand from that Dodge. I'm like, oh, that'll cover it. <laughs> no, uh, I no, it didn't. First half.
1: That was the first try. That was the first try. Oh god.
0: Um, you have changed it quite a bit since you first put it together, right? Where are we going in the future with it? What's the plan?
2: Um, you know, honestly, my plans with it kind of changed in the last year or two. Um, just. Growing up, I need to stop blowing money on my trucks. Shut the fuck <laughs> up! That's the worst thing so, I've ever heard. I mean, I, I just just now actually this week I bought a heater for it, so I'm gonna put a heater in it finally because I don't have a heater yet, and there's <laughs> wow. still no radio in it, so I need to put a radio in it. But, but it's got
1: a built motor. It's
2: got a built motor. Oh right, yeah, that's all we need. You know? <laughs> but, I mean, there's little stuff like I there's some stuff in the rear suspension. I need to keep working on the back shocks. I do some valving to control the airbags a little better.
1: Well, that's one thing I wanted to bring up. I mean, you have a full four-link setup on the... Front and rear. Uh, right, so yep. you, full four-link air ride. Tell us a little bit about that, cause That that alone will blow your mind when you see it. Like, that took my breath away when I saw it. I'm like, what the fuck is
2: this? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I had done... We had done another... um a Dana 60 swap on a 2006, really really nice uh, GMC. A couple of years before, or a year or two before I started this, and it was on airbags. And we drove it, and I was like this thing is fucking cool. I want I want to do this when I have time or when I have the right <laughs> truck to do this too. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to do that at the front. And then as we got into it, um, the wheelbase difference between the, you know, the the 06 and the and the 70, I was either gonna be cutting leaf spring shackles off, moving forward and getting reared springs to the lift I wanted, or my brother's like, oh, well, just airbag it. Like, oh, I guess we could do that <laughs> <laughs> So it's just kinda of like one of those things It just kinda of popped up and it's like, well, might as well try it. So awesome. and it actually it worked out it works out really well. I have I don't have an air compressor on it yet, I don't have any onboard air, so it's kinda of a pain in the ass to put a trailer on it. You gotta you know, air the bags up and shit. But right.
1: That's all part of the next step, right? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, what that's, that's on the list, you know, yeah. stuff
2: i got to finish. So. <laughs> Air, AC, Air, you know. Yeah, no AC. Heat, i no got those AC. little wing no. windows, you know. Okay, yeah, those <laughs> are nice. I missed my first gen for yep, that alone. Yep.
1: And my OBS 7.3, man, those were the days. Yeah, it's the butterfly window. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Love it. The <laughs> um, four-link suspension for our newer listeners, why go with that on a two-wheel drive? Well, it's four-wheel or, drive. I'm sorry, on, on well, usually we see them most on two-wheel drive trucks, but yeah, on a setup like this.
2: Well, like, a, a typical four-link system is used for suspension travel, like your Baja trucks and your rock crawlers and stuff like that, but we do them on these Duramaxes um, for, like, ride quality. And, and like, guys that want, like, a big, a big lift and something cool, like, just pretty, more, you know, like, I want to have, you know, a straight axle under my Duramax, essentially, but... Uh,
1: other than the badass factor.
2: Yeah, I mean... And you get to just, show off your skills. I knew, yeah, it was just more more something like this, you know, this is something that I, I know I can, you know, build a really nice four-link setup, and it was just something I just wanted okay. to have, I guess. It's a beautiful, sh-
1: like I said, it's an awesome showcase. Like, I look at that, I'm like, fuck, man, I can't do shit with my life. I can't weld. I can't even cut a piece of metal, right? So.
2: I mean, that's what we do is we, you know, we, we fabricate, you know, we build things. We build cool stuff and, and some one-off stuff, and that was it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. You build you know, your own one-off cool shit, and I was start, you know, I built all this cool stuff for everybody else all the time, so I kind of had to do it for myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, I ahead, guess, the,
1: you know, the next thing is kind of going into this, you know, this isn't the first swap that you guys have seen at the shop. You know, you've done other stuff, maybe not to this extent, but you have. Yeah. So what would be some of the advice that you would give if someone called? And I know you don't really answer phones there, but if you did get that call, what, what would be some advice you'd give that guy?
2: As far as um, getting doing a into swap, doing get, swap. Thinking about doing do it, accumulating
1: the parts, just whatever. What bits of advice would you give? <laughs> other than probably don't do it. <laughs> don't <you> know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know he's going to say don't do I, it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean,
2: it's... It's You need to, you know, have the skills and some of the tools and the area to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the guys that, oh, I'm going to do this in my, you know, my two-car garage next to my wife's, you know, SUV. It's like, that's probably not a good idea to be, especially if, you know, you got a full-time job on the side or, you know, not on the side, but you got a regular full-time job and you might not be a fabricator, but you've got a welder and a chop box, you know. You can, we can, you know, it can be done. And I've seen decent swaps come out of garages, but for... I don't know for your average Joe. It's yeah, a big it's, fucking it's, it's project. It's a huge. It's it's there's a lot more in, there's a lot more to it than it looks like.
1: What a lot of guys can't so. see is Ryan is a very modest, down the earth guy. He just doesn't want to say you guys are probably too incompetent <laughs> to do it.
2: Right. Have
1: a professional do it.
0: And and it, it, there's there's something to be said for that. No, there is. Y- you know, even as we look at like the projects we've seen over at Duramax yeah. Tuner, um, and even for you, there are certain parts of the project they just go to somebody else. Yeah.
2: yeah. Y- exactly. You know, like if you yep. needed
0: floor pans on it. Yeah. You I'm weld, not a body guy. <laughs> you weld, you chop, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, exactly. Know what you do and do it well. I think, yeah.
1: Right. I, yep. I think what a lot of guys need to understand is like for you, okay, you're a fabricator, you're a welder, the body work, the floorboards, you didn't do that. You outsourced it, you brought it somewhere else. Yep. Our conversions that we've done, we didn't do everything in house, yep. okay? We went and outsourced some of that to an expert who could do it to the best of their ability. That's why you have such a nice finished product.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there's a time, you know, there's certain swaps that, you know, guys can do, and they'll turn out nice. You know, yeah. I mean, if you do a 12 valve swap, you can oh, you can sure. make that look nice yeah, in, in any kind of chassis. But to do a Duramax swap and make it make it look nice, and it's, it's it takes it, <laughs> it takes, takes a lot of time and you know knowledge about. It's a little more complex.
0: you know, I think that's the difference between what we're talking about when we talk about conversions in general. Where last week we had Sean on, where they pretty much have packaged it. You could swap a Cummins into a Power Stroke. It's a D- At home, yeah, it's yeah, a DIY. Exactly. It's set. It's ready. Doing a body swap is a whole nother world, yeah. especially as you start crossing generations. You know, it's exactly. like even when we talk to, which I think we're going to talk to Duraburb really soon, yeah. Eric Swanson, uh, they're really peculiar about if you want it OEM, you put a Suburban, like an 06 Suburban on an 06 Duramax yeah. or, or really close within there. Um I think the There's biggest reasons thing for that,
1: I think the biggest thing I want to take out of this conversion month is a, a full package, you know, granted. Yes. It's a 1970 body. It's an Oh six, you know, engine and, and frame, but the finished product, the package, it looks, it's not factory, but it looks like it came off an assembly line like that. Like yeah. it's very uniform. It's, it's very specific. Yeah. You know, yeah. you talk about Eric over at Durabur or like some of the conversions that we have, you pop the hood. I mean, it, it's a nice, polished, finished product. There is no loose ends. There isn't a gauge that doesn't work. There's not a, you know, a fuse that's popped or just, you know, anything that's out of the ordinary. Oh, you mean
0: like Nathan Mueller and the first Cadillac 12 valve he had right. where the throttle was a wire through the window <laughs> that he pulled? Yeah. But
1: he's progressed. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the first one he bought. Yes. Now we've yep. seen the ones he's built, yep. right? But yeah, no, it is. You're, you're right. There, There's a certain, um, professionalism Mm -hmm. to them when they're done. And that's what really makes it an awesome project. That's that's why you're getting on the cover of magazines. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Which
1: those magazine articles don't do that truck justice. It's hard to.
0: It's really hard to. We even had our media guy out, and I'm sure uh, anybody who's listening to this, jump on our Facebook page. You'll see the the pictures that Rich took of the truck. Um, It's hard to really give it that justification without knowing everything about it.
1: Like the metallic and the twin kit? You know?
0: I'm yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Talking about one of the seventy five colors. colors. Yeah, like going
2: back to uh, earlier seventy five colors, there's like yeah, thousands of colors. Like, well, I want a black kit cause I want it to be clean, you know. Right. You guys like black too, you know. Yeah. Just clean, nice and clean. It's like we gotta do something to make it pop. Like, oh let's just put like a gold flake clear coat on it. And we did it. It's like, ah, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Let's do that. Rich will definitely have to get a couple <laughs>
1: detailed photos. Like I said, this kit, I mean, we see a ton of twin triple single kits that you guys do. and yep. pretty much any Duramax that comes through our shop that's making power. It has something of your guys' on sure it. Does. And God damn, dude! That's one of the (laughs) nicest kits I've honestly ever seen. Like that makes me want to buy a Duramax just to do that. Like it looks good. It does. No Cummins twin or triple kit ever looks as good as a Duramax kit. I don't care what it is. It
0: is awesome. Well, Ryan, is there anything that you'd like to talk about or you'd like to share today that we haven't got a chance to cover? Oh, I
2: don't know.
1: (laughs) Can we insert crickets? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: put me on the spot here. No, I mean it's. Yeah, if you're going to do a swap and if you think you have the, you know, the area to do it and the the materials to do it and the knowledge to do it, just, you know, start out simple. You don't have to go balls out and build trans, build motor and all that stuff Mm -hmm. right away. You know, put a stock motor in it and get it cleaned up and get your gauges working and
1: and get the
2: drivetrain working right and then, you know, add on to it later as you go.
1: I mean, you are one of the the bigger shops when it comes to fabrication and custom Duramax work, and you didn't just go put a built motor in there, you know? I mean, yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. You ran it through a dringer. You yep, saw what it was yep. capable of. A 280,000-mile yeah. motor, right?
2: Well, the original one was. I don't i don't think that even got used in that truck, actually. Okay. okay. We got piles of parts like you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. Leftovers, right? Yeah, leftovers right? stuff. <laughs> I dig it.
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Please like and share this uh, on Facebook as much as you can. We really appreciate that, and I know our sponsors do as well. Big shout-out to our sponsors and ryan from yeah. wc fab thanks for uh, having me. exergy engineer i'm sorry exergy performance and everybody else who's helped us with the show uh calibrated power and duramax tuner as well guys make sure you also keep listening to the very end of the show you get to see what producer rich thought was the funniest sentence in the show he'll drop it in there at the very end uh so listen all the way through this has been paul wilson and this is chris emke thanks for listening Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of Duramaxtuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel power trains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Chris at C-E-H-M-K-E at DuramaxTuner.com. You can also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122.
1: But your roots were Cummins. Why didn't you just put a Cummins in it?
2: Well, that would have been too easy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that just takes a couple wires and you get them running. Absolutely.
1: It's a beautiful, like I said, it's an awesome showcase. Like, I look at that, I'm like, fuck, man, I can't do shit with my life. I can't weld. I can't even cut a piece of metal right, so.